0: Oi oi and welcome to a very special edition of the Orient Outlook podcast. As part of our 50th episode celebrations, we are trying to bring as many great interviews with the best Orient players that we've ever had. And we are delighted this evening that joining us uh, by phone is the one and only uh, Moses Odebadjo. Welcome to the show, Moses. So, a a quick brief uh, recap of most time Orient. Moses appeared for the youth team during the uh, 2010 season. Got his first call up to the senior squad for a League 1 match versus Notts County back in September 2010 as an unused sub. He made his professional debut for the Os in the Football League Trophy first round East London Derby against Dagenham and Redbridge on the 7th of September 2011 and scored a penalty in that massive penalty shootout which ended 14-13 to them. Uh, Mo made his league debut as a 77th minute sub and a 3-1 defeat at home to Oldham on 17th of September and made his first start for the club in the final game of the season at home to Rochdale. And in that match, Mo, if you remember, I'm sure you do, scored a great goal uh, from 25 yards in a 2-1 victory and that goal got goal of the season. So well done, but we'll come back to that later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In 2012, 2013, Mo was used mainly as a right back making regular sub appearances and sporadic starts, but then he finally broke through to the team, used as a right winger. Uh, finishing the season with 54 appearances and three goals as we finished just outside the playoff places. And in the 2013-14 season, no introduction needed to that. Mo played a vital role in Orients Rice to the top of the league. We ran our opening eight games. Mo's exploits saw him win the Football League Young Player of the Month award in April. Uh, and Mo scored four goals during the second half of the season as we finished in third place, getting in the playoffs. Uh, in the playoffs, obviously we faced Peterborough. Mo got the goal in the away leg, which was an amazing day, out, an yes. amazing feeling when Mo scored, being in there, in that stand, and then we beat them at home two-one and got to the final. against Rotherham United, and obviously in the final, as everyone remembers, Mo scored the opening goal. That we'll speak about later as well, which was an incredible goal and the emotion running for everyone when that went in. Um,
1: Sound about right to you, Mo? Yep, sounds perfect.
0: Yeah, and in cool. that season, Mo made fifty-seven appearances and scored twelve goals before a summer move. To
1: Brentford. Yeah. Well so on. Absolutely, yeah. So starting off from the beginning I guess, Moses, what age did you sort of get into football then?
2: Um, I'd probably say I got into it from about ten onwards. Okay. I used to go basically go and watch my um older brother train with be Sunday league team. So um, I'd just be there on the sideline that even if it was hot, cold, whatever the weather was, I'd always love to go and watch. And um, occasionally I'd join in, which was good. Like, he said, go fancy a game, and I'd join in. And then when I got a bit older, he asked um, he asked the, the age group that I was in if um, I could go and train with them, you know. So basically, I trained with them for a little while, and he was interested. So, and that team there at the time was called the Elms FC, and that was my local team, and I grew up playing with them.
0: Amazing, and were you always on the right hand side of the pitch, or did you start like in the middle, or did you start as a striker? Where,
1: where did you start?
2: Um, funny enough, I started um, centre back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, how come?
2: Um, I don't know. I just, I just think at the time the um, the manager thought he saw <laughs> he saw something in me which I didn't see, you know. And um, at that age, I was I was really quick, so anything that went over the top, I could just kind of deal with it and I was quicker than most of the strikers in that um, Sunday League division at a young age, so um, I helped the team a lot, and I was, uh, I had a physical strength at that age, so um, I helped a lot. I,
1: I have to say that, that that skill and attribute that you have there for being so quick was often, or, or was probably the main reason why you were the last man back uh, under Russell Slade um, uh, on, on corners and free kicks in, in their half, and I, I always used to love it when a player when they used to break and counter from one of our corners say and they used to try and knock it round you and I thought alright thanks very much for yeah, giving us the ball gonna, back because I was like happened. you're never going to beat Moses you're never ever going to knock the ball round him and run faster than him and get it uh, and that's, that's one, of the most, one of the most redeeming features that I, I just remember is just that we would never be counted with Moses as last man back and that is into our next question really so were you always naturally fast or was it something that you've had to kind of
0: work on or was it just an ability you've always had from a young age
2: um, well, I'd probably say it was just the ability that I've always always had, you know, and I think over the years as my muscles have developed, obviously, you know, it's helped me a lot and, and I feel like I've got quicker and I feel like I'm getting stronger and stronger.
1: Cool. So who did you support as a kid? What football team did you support? Um, in my household, I think
2: everyone apart from my oldest brother supported Liverpool. So I kind of just went along with the um, the flow okay. and started supporting Liverpool. And uh, Michael Owen was around and he was he was at Liverpool that, when I was that age, you know, so um, I used to look up to him a lot. So, Liverpool
1: and, is... OK, and, and who was there any other players that you, you used to look up to as well?
2: Um, as I got a bit older, you know, and I started to understand the game a bit more, when I used to watch um, Barcelona play, when Ardino was there, oh, wow. I used to just admire watching him play in his prime, you know, and probably him and, and him and Figo probably the people
0: I used to look up to the most. Wow. So from it's, it's, it's Some great players to really yeah, get up to. absolutely. To be... <laughs> so from centre back and how did you find your, your way to kind of right back and right wing on, on the right hand side? Did Was it a coach at a youth level who took you aside and said, look mate, I think you would be good on this side or was it just a natural kind of progression? Yeah, it
2: was a bit of both to be fair because um, throughout the Sunday teams I used to play for, my brother managed one, funny enough, and he just said to me, look, I wanna, I'm going to play you on the wing because I know I know you're good enough to play here and um, I played in the wing for a couple of games and then after that he just said to me you know like that's that's what I was saying you know you're you better you better playing in the wing and I scored a couple of goals which was, which helped the team obviously at the time and um, I never
0: looked back since from there Absolutely so then kind of how did you, how did you end up signing for for Orient? So obviously you're in your brother's kind of team and how did you go from there to because
1: you live in Kent you're from, from that part of the world aren't you Yeah. So how did Um, you come on the Orient radar?
2: I was... I went on trial at um, Mirwall, I think, when I was at under-16s because the Mirwall coach used to um, do a bit of coaching for our Sunday league team. So um, he'd do a little bit of scouting as well on the side. And he obviously said, look, come down because I think you're good enough. So um, I went on trial at Mirwall, but unfortunately I didn't get in because... um, I couldn't really get the days off of school to go and train with the youth team because when you're under sixteen you do like a thing called day release. Right. Where like, um on I think it's one day a week you go and train with the youth team and see how like what you're gonna be doing when you um when you leave school if you if you do get a scholarship. So, um unfortunately I wasn't able to get one with Millwall, but the the under sixteen manager knew Wayne Burnett at the time, he was like okay. all right. And um, he just recommended me to go down there, and I did the trial, um, the trial period was as you guys know, and um, the Oyster Card situation happened as well. <laughs> and after that, he left, and um, Andy Edwards, who's the current youth team manager, he joined, and I rang him up, and he was happy for me to come back down and have a trial again.
0: Lucky he did. L- lucky, lucky for us.
1: He lucky did. for us, absolutely.
2: Yeah, and then. He and the, the gaffer put about it hardly, you know, after the situation, and then they said yes, which I was very, very delighted with, and and I it kicked on in the right way.
0: Absolutely. So when, when you arrived at Orient, kind of, what were your first impressions of the club? Was it what you expected it to be, or was it better, or some aspects a bit worse?
2: Um, I think I was probably I was probably more like star struck as anything, because you know, mm. like I was I was in and around. Like League One players, you know, and and at that age, I thought that this is something that I actually want to do, you know. So I thought that like my expect- my expectations were were met on, on
0: obviously the first day of being there. And who, who kind of took you under their wing? I, I guess at that point you got play good experienced players like Liz Beard there, and you know, to kind of help you out. And I was it the more um, experienced players who, who kind of helped helped you out, or did you form this? Yeah, the when of- I was there.
2: When I was a youth team, I think the ones that helped me a lot was probably um, Charlie Daniels, who's at Bournemouth now. Um, yeah. Terrell Forbes, who I think is playing on V at the moment. And the likes of Scott McGeech as well. They, When they saw me in the, um, in and around the building, they'd, they'd make jokes and, you know, they'd, they'd, always, they'd always say something. Or if I went over to train with them, it would always be giving me confidence. You know, I'm telling you that I can do things, and, and obviously I left out Dean Cox
0: as well. He, he played a big part when I was coming through the ranks. so it was good. Yeah, some big names, and we we
1: we've interviewed Scott McLeish and He's quite a character. He's a he's, he's a funny guy, actually. Yeah, really nice guy. Um, so, from from that point of view, coming through, how, how difficult was it as a as a younger player trying to get your way into the first team? I, 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 we hear you say that you know they were very encouraging. Um, uh, the first team players, but obviously they don't decide who plays on a Saturday afternoon. So how how was it in terms of trying to convince the manager that you were ready and good enough to be in that first team?
2: I think as any young player coming through it's very, very tough, you know, to get the trust of your manager that you need, especially a manager like Russell said I just think every day that I went in I knew I had to train well to give my chance to give myself a chance of at least making the 19-man squad, which was very really tough because I was still I was still very young now, you know, and, and there was a lot of experienced players who I'm training with, you know, and it's hard to stick out. But I think um, once I got to a certain, I'm trying to think, a certain period in the season where I just thought, you know, I've got nothing to lose here, you know, and then um, the players had my back in, and they can see something in me. If, if they if they wasn't pushing me on so much, You know, I don't think I'd be able to do it, but it shows that they believed in me, you know. And the manager helped me a lot as well, like, in training, like, us training. He'd be um, taking me through, like, situations, scenarios, which can happen in the game. And I'd be practising my free kicks or whatever it was. I'd be practising, I'd be practising crossing the ball. I'd do about 20 balls a day just to try and better myself and give me that extra yard, which I need. And in the end, it, it all paid off, you know, and... He, he ga- I gained his trust shall I say. and I was brought on
0: against um, Dagenham in the cup and I'm very thankful for that but Russell Slade strikes me as a type of manager is once he kind of believes in you and, and trusts you that's it you've always got his trust and, he, and he'll always stick by he seems to be a very loyal a loyal manager to me that's the way he comes across anyway I, I guess there's some element of the fans yep. yeah I think he's a, um, he's
2: a very loyal manager you know like, I think once he gained his trust you just have to do your best um, to keep it that way because I think if you've always got that then you're always going to be on the team sheet you know, or you're always going to be coming on as a sub which is good and you need to have a manager you who know, he, he breathes confidence into his players and, and they play off good confidence.
0: He's very good at getting the spirit up, isn't he? Getting the spirit up and getting, getting the players to buy into his ideas. That's one thing that definitely struck me when he first arrived he wasn't going for big names he was going for good characters and, and reliable dependent characters
2: yeah I think he's good at what he does like you know before games and what not he, he knows the right things to say for us to go out roaring and you know, that season where we where we went into the playoffs I think there wasn't one game where I wasn't going out thinking oh, I'll be a bit tired today or something's on my mind I'd always be going out thinking you know what, we're going to go and win or we're going to start really fast and and it and it and it paid off. It paid
1: off I, I think that's one of the things that has come from Russell Slade's sort of tenure as our manager is that he's a great man manager, and he always bred confidence amongst the players that they are good enough if they're in his team and that they can go out and do anything they want to do and be as good as they can be. and he'll always squeeze that extra um, percent out of players because they will put themselves. You know, they put their bodies on the line for, for each other. You know, you're a team, you're a unit. You, you know, you're, you're 11 individuals playing together rather than 11 individuals playing for 11 individuals. So um, it, it's nice to hear that because that's what we got from him. You know, he's a players manager, you know. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's good to hear that repeated from, from someone within the camp as well. What, what, Moses, just moving on slightly now, what, what do you remember about your debut? What can you recall of that? Um, my full day probably
2: the goal. The goal speaks for itself, but I think like just the, the adrenaline and seeing my name on the um, starting lineup, you know, and walking out and um, just the day itself was just just incredible. Like this is actually happening. I'm actually starting, you know, after two years of sitting on the side, being a ball boy and cleaning up after the first team players. I'm actually walking out with them playing with them so it was a, it
0: was a great experience and adrenaline was rushing through my body the whole way through Did you, did you find out a couple of days before did, did Slade kind of sit you down like an hour or two before was it something that you were told about and you kind of had time to prepare or was it kind of were you just thrust into it Well
2: to be honest I didn't really know that because he, um, he he told some of the loan players that they can go back because he's going to play like um, some of the youth for the last couple of games but I wasn't too sure if like we were just going to come on, you know, for for a little appearance. But then when I got there on the day of the game and I saw my name, I was, I was shocked. And then I just had to take it all in. And everyone came over to give their little bit of stay cool, you know, and play the game, which was which was good and helped me a lot. So I was really shocked.
1: So tell us about your goal against Rochdale. For those that may not remember, what can you recall that for us and recount that uh, from from your perspective? Um, funny enough, I can't actually remember that much of that. <laughs> I
2: remember, I just remember picking the ball up from just past the halfway line, I think. I'm not mm. too sure, but I picked the ball up and um, I've started to um, drive with it. And Jamal, Jamal Rice has made a run on the outside of me. And he's dragged to two players away with him. And I've just seen a big space open up and I've just got, I've darted into the space and I think the defenders come towards me and and just instinctively I've just shifted it onto my left foot and then I've, I've hit it and not knowing how far I was out how far out I was I just hit the ball and the next thing I just I could just hear the fans just screaming and, and celebrating and I didn't even know to celebrate and before I knew it I was, was near the byline getting tugged down by four of
0: the lads Yeah we're uh, funny enough we're just watching it on YouTube now yeah, we've got a PC open I think you that got bundled you proper. got bundled yeah what a goal what? you got massively bundled that's proper like Ryder Rovers stuff like that run great finish great yeah. goal great goal must Really be, good. Must be like a dream so obviously season after is kind of when you start making your name in the 2012-13 season and you, and in that season you won the club's Young Player of the Year award uh, and, we, and we just finished outside of the playoffs in that season what, what do you remember about that you know you kind of how was that season for you
2: um I think that season for me was just um, I'm trying to think
1: what I him from it. If I remember no, rightly, it. just to just to help you out there, if I remember rightly, that season we we although we finished seventh, it's not like we were in the playoffs. I think we had a late surge to seventh. I think we were around twelfth or tenth, yeah, we and I oh, think yeah, we had a late surge to seventh. And I think we we're about four points off of or three points off the last playoffs place. But it's not like we had like an outstanding season and just missed out. I think we had a late surge. I think the foundations were being set, weren't they? For the following For the season. following season, yeah.
0: I think uh, what I
2: remember, I think that season was just more for me cementing my my name in the Football League, you know, and and going to like the tough places at the time, like MK Dons and, and playing well. Like, as a young player, it was all about consistency. And it yeah. still obviously is about consistency. So I think it was just showing everyone that, you know, I'd, I'm actually good enough to play at this level and that goal against Rochdale wasn't just a a fluke or that performance wasn't a a fluke. So I think that that year for me was just saying that I can I can play at this level you know and and I've got way more to show everyone and the fans.
0: Yeah. And it must be pretty special to win the Young Player of the Year award as well in that season so soon
1: after starting getting into the team really.
2: Yeah, I was very obviously I was very happy to win that, that award. It's always a big award to win and and when I collected that shield, and I saw some of the young names on that shield, and mm. I felt I felt honoured, you know, that my name was obviously going to be be marked on uh, be Martin, that shield as well, which is always good. And I just felt that that was obviously uh, a taste of what's to come if I can keep progressing, you know. And I just I hoped at the time that the season after that would be even better, and there'll be even more good news to come, yeah. and which there was.
0: Yeah, so I, was, I was grateful. That leads nicely on to our next question, really. Yeah. So, you know, the 2013-14 season is definitely the best season that I can remember. Well, best season of my lifetime. I would say, well, in our lifetimes,
1: as well. Yeah, far in the 2005-06 when we got promoted, it's, yeah. of the most recent yeah, yeah. time, it, it, it absolutely is. And it, as you said earlier, Steve, it is really cemented by that late surge up to 7th. It kind of sort of set the Tone set the, the, the groundwork on. for for 2014 13-14 uh, season. So, as, as a player coming back in for pre-season, uh, w- what were expectations? What were sort of the opening sort of chats that Russell was having with the squad? Was it to to really gu- gun for promotion? Um,
2: no, I don't think we was, we was at the beginning. We was gunning for promotion. I just think it was key for us to have a good start to the season, you know, and then going to every game feeling like you know we can actually win. And we can actually push for something. And um, after the first, I think it was the eight games where we we didn't lose or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, eight we, eight was
2: eight yeah. we was actually yeah, we were actually serious um title contenders, you know, and, and everyone was actually scared of us, and um, and it worked, and that confidence breathed out throughout the um, throughout the squad, and it helped a lot.
1: Any particularly memorable moments from from those eight uh, initial eight games? Because as, as as fans, we couldn't quite believe that we'd we'd won so many on the bounce. Because historically, Russell doesn't start the seasons off very well. It doesn't actually his teams don't actually start to get going until November December time. But here we are, beginning of the season, and we've won eight games. I remember the first home game, Mo. We uh,
0: we had Shrewsbury, and we went two up. I Moon mean, you got both, and in in the last minute, you went on this run. I just took out about four of their players and just slotted it past their keeper, and we won three nil. A great goal. And I remember like thinking, oh, actually, like. We're, we're, we're a pretty decent team here
2: yeah? yeah I think that that game probably stood out for me you know because it just it sent messages to all of the other teams in the league to say that look we can actually beat teams more than one goal and, and two goals you know and obviously it's always good to get on the score sheet and to score like that you know so that that probably um, that stood out for me and probably the team performance as well that day it just showed that after one goal we don't just yeah. sit back you know, as teams do and just defend us we, um, we pushed on and we, we got the second and then to kill them off even more we got the third so it just, it just showed the, the team spirit
0: and there were some other great games within the opening eight games like Brentford away where you absolutely pummeled their left back all night live, which was live on Sky which was brilliant Yeah. and also the Port Vale game where it was 2-0 and Lisby scored in the last minute and Lisb- when we interviewed Kev um, he said scoring that third goal. I think he said that was one of the I the ha- the, 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 the think he said that was the actual highlight of his Orient career, apart from Wembley. Just like the feeling in the stadium when he scored it, and just the feeling of that ball hitting the net. Oh yeah. Also that
2: that Brentford game. That feeling when the um, when the finals, because like, obviously it was, a, it was a London derby, and it meant it just meant so much for the fans that like you could see you could see the passion in them as you yeah. the and you weren't able to clap them. I think that game. That that was probably the best atmosphere for the first eight games. That was the best atmosphere going
1: for sure. I think we packed out the Brentford away. Yeah, we and did. We really absolutely did. packed it out, if I remember rightly. But I guess on a personal yeah. note for
0: yourself, you you know you bagged the brace away to Swindon, uh, which was like your first double. Um, I remember we beat Colchester at home two one, and we we scored our second with a counter attack and you, a great finish by yourself. And you know the Ginningham... The morning of Gillingham, which was five five nil or five one, where we were like four up at half time. On a personal note, I mean, it must be it must have been an amazing team to play in at that point.
2: Yeah, no, I think by that point we were just um, we were going into games just on the upper hand, you know, through through the manager's team talk to how training was the week before and just how everyone. How everyone was feeling, like the likes of David Mooney and Kevin Lisby at that stage, they was they was on fire, and they had a um, partnership in the league who no one could get near to, you know. And um, I think we just that day was obviously very key to our success in that season as well, you know. And, and me and Coxy were um, were, were suppliers at majority of the time to them, you know, and it, and it helps knowing that our striker's going into a game knowing that he's going to get two or three chances or maybe four to have it, um, a shot
0: and goal which is was good yeah absolutely and that midfield you know, yourself Dean Vince Lowe and James were just impeccable that season you know it was always that team sheet was very kind of set in stone and every every time that midfield went out on the pitch you all seemed to have a great understanding with each other you know Vince Lowe kind of sitting at the back like you said you and Coxie on the wings and sometimes alternating and Coxie knew where you were going to be and you knew where Coxie was going to be and Lisby would know where to go when Cox had the ball a um, real pleasure to watch as a, as a football fan
2: yeah, no. I just think um, a lot of it, a lot of it, come naturally after a while, you know. Because once you, you know how your teammates play, you know, you can just you can bob and weave as as they call it nowadays. And if if I ended up on Coxie's side, he'd drift over to my side to cover me, you know. And and I think we all had an understanding. And what what helped us massively was off the field. It was all tight it as well, just as it was on the field. Even the lads that weren't playing, they were still tight it with us, you know. And it was a small group, it wasn't the biggest group. But um, I think we, we bonded well, and in a, in a successful team, off the field you should—I think—you should be able to, you know, be able to hang out and do things. But some places you go, they might not do such certain things off the field, you know, and it and it shows on the pitch. So
0: absolutely. We well, when we spoke to he said his wife used to cook for the for the lads, and that used to be kind of a real great way of bringing the squad together. Um, so yes, yeah, completely. Understand the point there. So obviously during the season you were putting in some great performances, and I remember you kind of being linked with some big clubs during that season. I mean, how is how is that dis- is that distracting for you as a player, or you kind of does that motivate you to get your head down more? Um, I think I
2: got the first sniff of it when before I just signed my two and a half, I think it was a two year contract I signed. Yeah. Mm. Before before that I had a couple of sniffs and whatnot, and that was all surreal to me at, at that stage because coming from obviously nothing, not much, you know, and knowing that big big teams are interested and whatnot, it it kind of just said, you know, like this is actually real now and it's happening. So I thought from then, you know, I think I just felt to myself that if I keep plugging away, if I keep if I keep doing well, the the interest can grow, you know, and and, and who knows what can happen. So I just I just thought to myself, let me get my head down and just keep working as hard as I can.
1: That, that that's quite an amazing attitude, because cause a lot of players I think that hear they suddenly come in with a different swagger when they come into training the next day. It's like yeah, so you know they get their head turned and all of a sudden they think they're better than than what they were. So so how do you remain so grounded?
2: Um, I probably say like the people around me. I've, I've obviously got my my girlfriend here and um, my brothers who obviously have been brought up with me, you know, and, and they, they, they keep me grounded a lot of the time. They used to come they used to come and watch me every game. And um I just think they, they help me a lot when they can, you know, just just the right words which which is always good to hear, you know. So I think that's that's probably how I, I stayed the most grounded, just listening to my, my, my close people and
1: yeah, very Brilliant. good, very Brilliant. good. Because as you see, a lot of lot of players don't reach their full potential when yeah. when a big name club comes in for them, and they get their head turn. All of a sudden, yeah. they think they're better than what they are. Absolutely. So.
0: so that season finished, and we finished in third, which was so annoying because that was a record points tally for us. And in most seasons, we would have gone up automatically.
1: And for eighty percent of that <laughs> season, we were in the top two. Yeah. And we just fell out at last knocking. So we move into the playoff period yep. now, Mo. What What do you remember about the playoffs? So if we start with the first leg. You scored the equaliser. What, what do you remember of that game?
2: That was obviously, that's the first play I've ever been involved in, you know, and it was all, it was all new to me, so my legs kind of felt like, you know, that they needed a, they needed a holiday, you know, but <laughs> we just, um, and all my friends would have been finished, like their season would have been done. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was hard to obviously get motivated for, but once I knew the real reason, like, you know, that it's a, there's a bigger stake. I just thought we need to, um, into to start as we do, but going away to Peterborough is never gonna be easy. But um and I just remember it was a it was an open game that I can remember and um, they obviously took the lead took the lead first, which was not which was not the best ideal be start
0: for us. Yeah, they scored but an early goal didn't they? They got an early goal from a Son and he was like a yard off, yeah. he was about two, three yards offside. Well, yeah, AJ was, yeah.
2: Yeah, so we just um as a team we just had the way, you know, and we had it always helps me we've got great great support and great backing to keep pushing pushing us on. And I think we made a couple subs and the subs um, made an impact. And um, I was lucky to get a rebound, I think, from David Mooney's shot or mm. Sean Batts' shot, one of them shot. Yeah, and um, I, I was lucky to get the rebound you know, to uh, equalise for us. And um, I just think it helped us and it set the stone for going into the, um, into the home leg
0: yeah that was amazing I remember being there I remember the, when the ball rolled out to you and it was kind of you just by yourself and it was like come on move head down just tap it and I remember like when it hit the net the away and just went mental. mental so got a good one all in that in that home leg that was something else that, that was one of the best nights and I think ever, in memory, ever. In memory, wasn't
1: it yeah what do you remember of the second leg because obviously all the fans were on the pitch and at the end of it and you came up the, up on the players balcony. were on the balcony I remember
2: I remember seeing a um after the game, I saw a picture of a two old couple. Yes, um, yes. yeah. My, actually, funny enough, my girlfriend. I think was, she sent me the picture of the uh, old couple on the pitch, you know, and that just showed how long it's been since you know this this has happened to a, a, a couple that Orient, you know, and us going on the you know, balcony, and I just see the I see the fans, and there was a little kid who had a had a. Um, a
1: cardboard writing of me saying Moses walks on the water once again. <laughs> oh wow. Just, I I think it was I remember a, that unbelievable teams. Which, which was um, which was it was a night it
2: was a night to remember and that, that goes down in history
0: for me. Yeah, it was quite a tight game wasn't it the first half. I think mean, Coxie scored scores the first and then Dagnall kind of got exactly a late yes. got a late second and then Lapal run back and then it was a kind of back to the wall for five minutes. But I remember the full time whistle went and then this this stewards just opened up the gates and everyone was just, just like, bombed
1: it and then you guys appeared on the balcony. And it, yeah, really special, night. I don't think the stewards have much choice about people going on the pitch. Absolutely. oh uh, no, everyone's going
2: everyone's gonna to go on the pitch. Yeah. The fans just singing, we're going to London, you
1: know, it was just, it was a night to number.
0: Yeah. And I guess, you know, with the final, I think the final was like two and a half weeks after, it was a bit of a wait to the final. How, how do you prepare for that? Kind of, do you just relax and train, not train as hard because want only get injured, but on the other side, do you train harder?
2: Um, I think for the first week we just did light
0: training I think,
2: and then towards the end um, of the second week commenced we just took it as a normal week you know and, um, and we trained normally and then we stayed in a nice nice hotel and, and I was really relaxed going into that um, playoff game. Funny enough you know I just thought I've got I've got nothing to lose here you know. It's my first time it's my first time being here and obviously it's it's big for the club but as players we have to play we have to play the you know the game at the occasion Yeah. and then we just we, we tried and at the last round we, we slipped you know which is unfortunate
0: when you uh, when you got to Wembley and you walk out on the pitch before the fans get there how does that feel is it just kind of astonishment you know that you're about to play on this massive famous worldwide pitch or again is it kind um, of like you can put it to the back of your mind because
2: the battle the guy has been there before with his previous clubs, he took us the uh, the day before, I think, a couple of days before in the week. So he told us to soak it all in now because on the actual day, like, there's going to be no pictures, you know, it's just strictly, um, strictly go time, you know. So right uh, now, I think it might have been on the Wednesday or the Tuesday, we you could, could take pictures and sit where we wanted to sit, you know, and having a look around. So on the Saturday, we literally got there and we literally knew. We'd seen that a couple of days before. So we just literally went to our seats and got ready for the game.
0: And then I guess the game kicked off in the first half was like a dream. I guess for yourself, you know, scoring that goal. I mean, what do you remember about, about that goal going in?
2: Um, I just, what I can remember, I've, it's come out to me instinctively. I've just, I've tested it. But as the player's coming out, I've tried to trust it away from him. And luckily my touch was good. So it stayed in the full volley and I've connected with it sweetly, and and like they say, if you keep your head over the ball, you know it's not gonna it's not gonna rise too high, and that's what I did, and and it just flew into the roof of the net, and after that, my mind just went blank, and <laughs> went <flat laughs> was just I could just remember getting
1: in the from the ref. That was it, yeah, because you scored and then top straight off, top straight off, and swinging it around, and they were all trying to cover you <laughs> to protect to protect you from the rest line of vision, but that actually didn't happen because the ref saw you, yeah, didn't they? that was the
2: only way I think I could have celebrated to, to show how much and I was pretty shocked at the, at the beginning I was like have I just scored and then when I heard everyone celebrating I'll, then I just
0: started
2: to run Yeah. and I just the words, no words could probably can explain that feeling like even when I look when I see um the playoff final years like when it comes on the sky sometimes I didn't even feel like that was me
0: yeah I can imagine it must feel like a complete kind of whirlwind when you, when you look back at it and you go yeah was that actually me but yeah you first touch set up perfectly and as soon as you hit it you just knew I was going to hit the net and then obviously we went two up and then like you said it wasn't meant to be they they had, they scored a, a, a wonder goal that Revel probably won't get near a scoring again in his life and then what a cruel way to lose on penalties
2: yeah you know there's always at the end of a um, there's always got to be one loser you know and unfortunately we wasn't I just think if that same player plan happened again you know there'd be a different ending but oh, um, absolutely cool game
1: we're in would you say that's your biggest regret for your time at Orient um, my pr-
2: biggest regret probably is not taking a penalty I think okay. looking back
1: at it now was that decided
0: before the before the match did Russ have his five players or was it kind of decided at the end of the extra time who, who wanted to take one
2: yeah because we didn't really train to say oh, if it goes to penalty we just kind of wanted to win it." them in normal time and we had that confidence about us to say you know what as a team we're going to beat these in normal time but um, the penalties were decided after extra time like literally mm-hmm. if he wants to take a penalty you put your hand up and and I wanted to but was at the time I was really nervous but looking back at it now I think I should have stepped up you know to take a penalty before our defender I'm not saying that that's I, I could have missed and you know, it could have been the same situation, but yeah. I just think having a midfielder, I should be taking a penalty before
1: our centre-back. That's fair. Yeah, so right. No, that's fair absolutely point. fine. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's one of those things you expect anyone taking a penalty from sort of 12 yards out to, to really yeah. be at least getting it on target and, and, and really either making the keeper work at the very, very most, but... but Going for the corners and, and putting them away, but it's easier said than done when yeah, you're under that much pressure. I mean, the pressure must be
0: unreal. But something that's, that stuck with me after the game, I just remember there's a picture of you just punching the floor, like punching the Frustration. turf. And you know, as, as, a, as fans, it was devastating. But as a player, I can't even begin to kind of comprehend how devastating that could be, like to lose the way we did. Yeah, I just
2: think when you're so when you're just touching distance away, yeah, it just mm. hurts. It hurts that much more, you know, like. Maybe suspect to be a bar but they'd be kicking themselves that they didn't get to London but I thought they wouldn't have felt as much as, you know, as we felt watching Robin walk up them steps to um to celebrate going into the championship, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I remember actually I stayed in my seat for a little bit after the final whistle, but I just remember hearing the Rotherham guys going up the, the, their fans were cheering as they were going upstairs I was like I don't want to see him lift the cup no, because Alex Revel will never score a better goal in his life bless him he's a great <laughs> player technically very good but Alex Revel will never score a better goal in his life and as for the first goal with Jamie Jones's mistake it, it, it shouldn't have happened And it, it, the first goal gave them the momentum that they needed and Revs thought yeah. sod it I see Jones off his line I'll go for it yeah. worst case, worst case he saves it or it goes over best case I score and it's game on, yeah. And they take their chances, and that's kind of what happened So, uh, after after that, then um, what? Um, obviously we, we we stayed in League One rather than went up. Did you make your mind up then that you would like to move on for Orient? Um, I think I just think sometimes. In, I didn't make my
2: mind up then, but when I later on, when I was um, when I was on my holiday, I just thought you know. Sometimes in football, when the iron's hot, you have to strike, you know. And yeah. I just thought this could be my time to actually move on from the club. You know, I've tried to I've tried to help them as much as I can, and um, I seek advice from some of the players as well, you know, um, at the club, and they gave me they gave me good advice, obviously at the time. And my agent came back to me with with, um, with Brentford, and I thought at the time that was the right decision for me, you know, knowing that knowing that they knew me from playing against them in the league helped a lot and it and it showed me that I would you know be involved and not going somewhere just to be a, a squad
1: player yeah. that's the most important thing because you see a lot of these players Delhi Alley with the exception at Spurs at the moment but you see a lot of players like Connor Wickhams and people like that that go up to bigger, big, you know, bigger clubs and, and it, yeah. go out in the development sides and actually fade away and don't turn out to be anything but quite the opposite for you
2: yeah, I think it's just deciding to go somewhere, you know, a big factor is if if their manager's been in the same division with you with any team, you know, or if someone in that club really, really likes you, you know, because a lot of players, like you said, go places and just and just drift, drift in and out, which is tough, and to go from playing from two consecutive seasons in a row to not playing at all which would break a lot of players, and that would probably break me mm-hmm. if I was to do that, yeah. so... It was a big decision
1: for me. And obviously one of the other big factors as well was, as obviously the manager, Mark Warburton strikes me as a very similar character to Russell Slade in how he likes to build his teams. He goes for the, the character and ability rather than just upsetting the apple cart and the balance of the team. Is that fair? Yeah, that's
2: probably fair. I'd say that. And, you know, um, um, I think Mark Warburton had a, had a philosophy and a style of football that he wanted to play, you know, and, and he believed in it a lot and that started to breathe through to the players, you know, just after, I'm trying to think, maybe just after we went under a we losing spell at Brentford and after that we surged into the playoffs and through that period we realised, you know, that the manager isn't losing us and he wants us to play a certain way and even if we do concede goals by trying to play out, he would not shout at us which was surprising but that that confidence come later on in the season, you know, and,
1: and Brentford pushed on into the um into the playoffs as it shows. Yeah. Not bad for an ex city stockbroker, is it? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> just just goes to show you all, all walks of life. So did you did you get a chance to, to say goodbye to the Orient players? Did you have any sort of parting words and sort of what 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 did you say if so? Um,
2: I think some of them knew that obviously I may I may not be coming back obviously just because of interests. And as they rise, but um, a lot of the players I, I spoke to privately on the phone or I text them just to say, you know, thank you, thank you for uh, an unbelievable time at, a, at a, a great club, you know, and they're grateful to, to even um, have played with me. So um, I, I spoke to a majority of them anyway that I was there, and the period I was there for as well, which was good obviously to say goodbye as well, and thank you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, I remember all the, a lot of the players were well. The players on Twitter who do tweet all, all kind of giving you farewell messages and telling you you'd go and smash it, which you did, which was great. So, looking back at your time at Orient, any of you got any regrets about about your time at Orient?
2: Um, other than the, the penalty, um, penalty decision, I yeah. probably, um, I probably say everything that I've, I've dreamed about when I was there came true in the end. You know, so it's, yeah. it, it was a. It was a great, it was a great platform for me, you know. And they helped me a lot, and they helped me to who I am today. So, it's
1: really, how football should work. Really, you sign a lad yeah. into the youth team. He does well. He's good enough. He gets into the first team. He ends up with a little trip. Well, I say a little trip. A trip to Wembley in a playoff <laughs> final in a professional league. And then gets a, and then a, gets a move to to you know a club in a higher in a higher league. It's really how the yeah. the system ought to work. You're kind of like that that shining example of, of really how it should be. Um, so that's cool. So who, who do you have sort of your best mate at, at Orient? Who, who would you say that was? Um, I'd probably say when
2: I was there, that year when we went on to do well, I think all of the lads in that squad at that time, I could probably go out, share, share the room with them and whatever. And all, we all got on that well, that we was all very, very tight so it'd probably be very tough for me to say who my <laughs> best mate was. Um, I roomed with L at the time, Elliot, on the ZZ. Um, We were very close, but like I said, the whole group in general, Like we always used to go out for meals when we could with our, with our um, girlfriends and, and wives. So I'd probably, I'd probably say L, but majority of the lads, regardless, anyway.
0: Fair enough. Do you still keep in contact with them? Do you still have, like, text banter and... Stuff
2: like that. Um, Yeah, now now and then I um, I speak to some of them, but as as life just goes on, it's just it, it's hard for everyone to just keep keeping in contact. You know, if you don't see if you don't see someone uh, on a daily basis, which is very really yeah. hard. But um, when I do keep uh, keep in contact, when I do speak to them, you know, it feels like just feels like old times. You know, which is always good.
1: Cool. So obviously we know how the move to Brentford came about, but how did the whole move came about? Because you had a good season with Brentford, you was there for that season. How did the whole one, whole city move come about, Moses? Um,
2: that was a surprise to me. To be honest with you, I was just uh, I was enjoying my uh, birthday actually at the time, and my agent rang and they just said, "Oh, um, so the whole city want to want to sign you, know." and, and it's, going to be, um, it's going to be a situation, you know, of uh, what you want to do. And funny enough, as I got off the phone with my agent, uh, Brentford rang me to say, of oh, course that you've triggered your, um, your, your clause. You can um, you can obviously be giving you permission to go and agree personal terms. So, um, so it was a situation of what do I do, you know? And, and at the time, I just thought to myself... These, they just came down from the uh, the Premier League obviously they're going to want to get back get back up to the Premier League and I looked to the team on paper you know and I just thought that um, working day in and day out with excellent uh, with sorry not X working day and day out with internationals Absolutely. is gonna um, make me progress and working under the under the likes of a big manager actually Bruce and his assistant Nick Thielen he's been in the game for years would um Excellent. It benefited me a lot, you know, and seeing you know, at the time Brentford they had no um,
0: manager, did they? I
2: Had no manager, you know, because uh, uh Wolverton had you know, resigned. It was, everything was still up in shambles, you know. And um, but when, when we actually got a manager, you know, I'd, I, I was in with Brentford for a couple of days, and I just said to myself, you know, like I feel, I feel like my head, my head's not here anymore, you know, and it's, it's, it's best for me not to be here rather than. Being there, my head's not there. Thinking that I should be somewhere else. You know, and the manager respected my decision, and he said, "You know what? If your head's not here, there's no point playing for us." So yeah, he gave me all the best. You know,
1: he wished me all the luck, and, and let me go on. Hmm. Fair play. interesting. So, how different is it working under Slade, say to Warburton, to to Steve Bruce? Obviously, all English managers all had varying degrees of success and careers in in, in the football. Football game. What? How different is it? How, how different are they? All is it? Is it? Or is that quite a too too wide too broader question? Um. No,
2: it's, I think Rossdale and uh, Mark Alburt were, were similar when it comes to like um the way the way they wanted us to play. You know, I think Mark Alburt and. Over exaggerated things, you know, which kind of helped us in the division we was in, as the Championship is a footballing division, you know, and, and good football goes a long way in this division. But I think right now, the, um, the mentality that Steve has, you know, is we need to be direct on the team, you know, and, and a lot of passes side to side is just going to bring pressure onto us. And he's, he's probably more direct out of the, um, out of the other two managers. And it's probably not the prettiest of, prettiest of football to watch but um, it gets the results, you know, showing where we are in the league right now. And um, but I think last year, obviously, that was that was probably more, it was enjoyable. It was, I wouldn't say more enjoyable, but it was it was very good to play in a, a footballing team, you know, where you actually, you get the ball down, you know, and you're, you're carving your opposition apart with, with multiple parties, you know, and, and scoring good, good team goals. But it's, it's, it's a learning curve
0: to me at the end of the day, you know. And then um, I can only get better if I keep improving. So, I guess, expectation at Hull this season is like you said, you started off pretty well. I guess, automatic promotion or at least playoffs as a minimum, I guess, is the expectation for, for Hull this season?
2: Yeah, I think, um, of course, yeah, the owner wants to see his club <clears throat> back in the, uh, in the top line, which is the Premiership, and all the players do as well, you know, because there's a, there's a lot of big, big names that we have in the dressing room, and um, it'd be a great achievement. As a club, we
0: can get married this year, and that's what we're working towards. Absolutely, we wish you best luck with that. So, just that's our questions out of the way. So, we've got a few uh, from listeners. So we're aware that this was kind of
1: overrun a little bit, so we'll be very quick. So, questions from Orient fans. So, do you want to start? Who yeah, got? cool. So, at Mossy on Twitter said, ignoring the result, will you ever be able to top that goal that you scored at Wembley? Um, only if it's a goal won. that takes. Hold go back up, up into the, the Premier League, yeah. maybe.
2: I one day I could cut that to, to make it my my team that I'd be at go into the Premiership or win or win some sort of big tournament. So hopefully one day I want to be able to, but for now nothing nothing will beat that. that
0: goal Absolutely, <laughs> and at Stand Twenty Three, Martin says that goal at Wembley so far is that the best moment of your career? Would you say so far?
2: And that feeling, yeah, that's probably been yeah. the best the best moment of my career, yeah
1: at Steve Cab 121 said what was you thinking when you took your shirt off after scoring at Wembley what was going through your mind?
2: Um, probably just adrenaline you know that like I've actually scored on this day at Wembley and you know it's just it's just destined to be and hopefully let's go on the win that was my that was my feeling you know that I'm
1: shocked And the word yes with the most amount of Es and S's that you've ever come across in your life probably as well right? oh it's
2: just yeah man <laughs> you can't even count how many views are in that but um... <laughs> it was a weird
0: feeling I can imagine it just self like... um, Ian Mene Mene John says if the opportunity came about would you ever return to Orient so maybe one day later on in your career um, yeah I probably would you know because that's, that's
2: where it all started for me you know and I feel like that that's still a place of my heart as home.
1: Well. Yep. Have you been keeping an eye on Orient at all since you left? Oh yeah, always. They always just look through to see um, to see how they get
2: getting on, you know. And I want to see them back, back where they should be, just in in League Higher than League Two,
0: you
2: know. So I mm-hmm. hope they get promoted.
1: So we we had a question that came in from at Orient Fan TV that said, "How far do you think Orient can go under Ian Hendon's leadership?" And do you think we'll get promoted this season? I don't know how how much you'll be able to answer that, but I thought we'd ask you.
2: Um, I'd probably say with the with the players they have now, you know, it seems like things are um, on the up from obviously mm. what what last year was, you know. And mm. um, seeing some of the highlights, sometimes I just feel like that they should be in the league above, you know. And um, right now they they're in the playoff positions. Yeah. So it's still pretty early, you know. But if you're in and around it now, and you can stay in and around it, who knows when it comes? When it comes to the last couple of months, but fingers crossed for the, um, the boys down there, they get promoted.
0: Yep. Yeah. At LOFC, Chaz says, "Who helped you progress the most in your time at Orient?" Um,
2: I'd probably say like most, most of the lads helped me in different ways, you know, that like when they could. I'd say Dean Cox probably helped me a lot uh, Kevin Lisby done numerous amounts of things for me, um, and I'd probably, probably Nathan Clark the skipper at the time and just just most, most of the lads in general but obviously them too
1: mainly yeah. yeah I suppose it's helpful when they're playing in the same position as you as well um at Boatsy asked do you miss playing for us and living around London um
2: yeah, that, the seasons that, that that I was there, you know, they were memorable seasons. And some some days I do wake up missing, you know, going going through the battle tunnel, you know, and, and <laughs> playing at the maximum, which yeah. um, should always be a, a memory to have. But yeah, sometimes I wake up missing that, that side of it.
0: Yep. At Matt Bristow says, do you think you would be the same player without the influence of Slade as a manager and your and mentor Kevin Lisby? <laughs>
2: Um, Probably not. You know, it's hard to tell because obviously I've had them too. I was lucky to have them too in in my career at some stage. So I'm I'm probably not if I don't.
1: So we had some some messages off Facebook as well, and Elliot Byrne got in touch with us and he said, "You're a top player, and hopefully you can go all the way." Did you have any reservations about the possible fans' reaction to you (coughs) joining a rival side like Brentford? Does that enter your? Your your perspective at all, or is it something sort of far in the distance? Um,
2: yeah, at the time when I was going to go, obviously I thought you know I don't know if I can go go to this team because the fans the fans obviously are not going to like what they're going to hear or the news that they're going to see. Mm. But um, at the end of the day, I think it's just I need to do what what's best for my career, you know. And it's, obviously it's not it's not the longest career, so. And connect the, the right moves. I felt at the right time, and I felt that was the right move at the right time for me, you know. And it's helped. It's
0: helped me a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Elliot Burton also wanted to say, I think Mo can play for England one day. Uh, is this something that you share, or are you looking at? Nat- are you looking at other nations maybe to play for? Or you? I know you've played for the under twenties. Um, England, England, gonna be your national team. Um, that's
2: probably one of my dreams as well. You know, to get called up to the um. To the national squad because the season before I always wanted to represent any sort of country because that's just a, that's just an honour in itself, you know. And, and that came through representing the 20s in two friendlies and then a tournament, you know. So hopefully it's either Nigeria or England, whoever, whoever uh, comes first, you know. So if I keep working hard, you know, that shouldn't be far off. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So Roger Albury got in touch with us as well and he said, being a fast and pacey winger. With great footwork, how do you find playing as a full-back in defence, and what what's your favoured position?
2: Um, I'd probably say playing in defence is obviously a bit more different now because you've got to be more switched on to um, to when they're attacking on the other side, you know, and a, and a lot more a lot more thinking is required and a lot more fitness is required. I'd probably say, but um, over the over the seasons now, I'm I've, I've starting to enjoy. Um, Playing, playing a bit deeper, you know, which I didn't think this day was come where I'd be saying oh, I enjoy playing deeper. But um, it's just it's just great to be chosen, you know, in the um, starting lineup, you know. And if I'm chosen to play right, that, I'll I'll play there. And if I'm chosen to play right wing, I'll play there happily. So I not really I don't really prefer either, or as long as I'm in the starting lineup.
0: Yeah, I guess that's how you evolve as a player as well, isn't it? By playing in different positions and as your career progresses, you, you get you get more experience, more used to playing in different positions. Um, Val Jacobs said, "I love you, Moses." Uh, is there much difference? Be- is there much difference between League One and Championship football, in your opinion?
2: Um, I'd probably say there is there is a difference. I'd probably say it's quicker, um, and there's obviously better players in the Championship because obviously some of them have just come down from the Premiership. And they have um, Premiership qualities, and it's, it's technically, it's technically better than League One.
1: Of course, yeah. Graham Levy got in touch with us on Facebook. He asked, "Is there anyone that you hate playing against?"
2: Um, from last year, I'd probably say uh, Lee Tomlin, who's gone to Cardiff oh, now. Yeah, he's because he was a very tricky customer, <laughs> and I struggled to deal with um, his technical ability. So
0: I'd probably say him. And he also said, even though you're still young, has the thought of coaching or managing in the future crossed your mind? Oh, no, that's
2: not crossed my mind (laughs) Yeah, I've still still got a couple of years. Too
1: young. (laughs) Hopefully more than a couple. David Boone um, (coughs) got in touch with us and he said, has there been any better moment so far in your career than that mega match in the playoff semi-final? Right, so we've already covered that, so there's no need to do that. And Chris Colley Mm -hmm. said... One of many great O's players over the years. Just a big thank you, Moses, and good luck. And Christian Derby Last said, question. "Yeah, will Orient always be your number one club?" And I'm so proud of you, by the way. He says,
2: um, "I think it probably would be. You know, that's, that's where I started off, and that's who that's who gave me the chance. You know, and the fans gave me that chance to actually train and be well, You know, and I thought like that I went to that club."
1: Absolutely, well, wicked
0: that's, that's all we got. Yeah, so thank you for your time, Mo. Um, thanks for joining us. I know it's late on a Sunday, and you're probably knackered from from playing at the weekend. But it's been a great interview. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us.
2: Nice.